Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's due for a win. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, I think it's obvious where we have to start this week's episode. Our week 11 takeaways, Trey. What was the uh, craziest thing to happen this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been the joke the last you know few years. Texas lost to Kansas again. <laughs> oh. uh, you just you got to start the memes up again. I mean, and Kansas really they had the game in hand thanks to four Texas turnovers, but the Horns ended up making a, a valiant comeback to tie it late and force overtime but KU scored and went for two for the win in overtime and and did it and it was awesome because even big number 47 uh caught it for the win and Landon hid him some NIL deals uh this week so good for him (laughs) but but Kansas they were a 31 point underdog like 31 they hadn't ever won in Texas in Austin uh hadn't won a road conference game since 2008 13 years uh, crazy and for texas you know it's just it's not a good look when you give up 57 at home to what seemed like kind of a fairly lifeless jayhawk team the the horns now they've lost five in a row that's the longest since the 50s uh and it's just looking more and more like that oklahoma kind of choke of a loss or whatever you want to call it it broke their season and fans aren't happy sark already he needs to change the tone next season i mean because they just have too much talent from what he inherited from Herman uh, Can't last lose year. To Kansas, to be, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. Um, so it's uh, all of a sudden Sark's going to feel a little bit of pressure next year, fair or not. Fair. I think it's fair. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fair. It's it's weird how there's just tension between a lot of the roster and the coaching staff. Uh, very, very odd start for his tenure there. Uh, my uh, My first takeaway is... A lot of lot of tension over over in Florida as well. More trouble for Dan Mullen. They were down forty two to thirty five at halftime against Samford. Their defense <laughs> gave up forty two points in the first half against an FCS team. It's not even a, a good FCS team. They're they're pretty average. So just insane. They did end up winning seventy to fifty two, but I don't think uh, <laughs> that's crazy. The fans really care all that much <laughs> that the that they got a W. It's this is pretty much a loss for Mullen as as far as looking at his hot seat. Now they've got at Missouri and home against Florida State left. If he loses one of those, I'll ask you guys, if he loses one of those, do you think he gets fired? Ooh. Man, I don't think so. I feel like he's built enough cachet from the last year or two. I mean, obviously it would be dicey. I'm not saying it would, yeah. but uh, I, I don't think I, they're ready to pull the plug, especially since he he made he got rid of Grantham. I think that's his move. Yeah, it's kind of the Nebraska Scott Frost move. If you you know you get rid of the, the the coordinator and just give him one more year, if it doesn't pan out, then you know you're done. Okay, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, anyways, but it's bad. It's crazy how bad it got so fast. Uh, all right, uh, my first one is uh, Ohio State Purdue game here. Ohio State's the best offense in the country. Uh, Travion Henderson is running awesome now. Uh, three's just stud receivers. The all lines. Uh, playing really well and stroud obviously the key there he's getting more and more comfortable as the season's going along but just in this game though i mean purdue was coming in playing pretty darn well the defense had been playing much better um but 
Ohio State put up 45 on them in the first half, just absolutely dominant effort. Um, so, I mean, the Buckeyes are just, you know, they had uh, a good swing there for a little while. Then that one game versus, what was it, Penn State, they kind of had a little all, but it seems like they're, they're just keep getting better and better as the year's going on. So, I mean, they're 100% lock if they went out to make the playoff now. There's just no doubt about it. So, looking good. They are looking good. And every time I looked up, their receiver was streaking wide open <laughs> against a good defense. So good. All right. Moving on to a takeaway for Ole Miss. They beat A&M, and they got a big win in what looks like was probably maybe the the third play, third place game for the conference, potentially. Uh, the way Ole Miss won, though, is just a little surprising. They won a lower-scoring game in large part because of their defense, of all things. They held the Aggies to 19 points. We all know the Aggies were playing like one of the best teams in the country since they had upset Alabama. Um, and now Kiffin and Ole Miss, they're in line for a potential 10-win season. They host Vandy this week and then the Egg Bowl yeah. uh, Thanksgiving weekend. That should be a good be, game. It should be a good game. It'll be fun, a lot on the line, and Ole Miss will be playing for a probably a New Year's Six bid that game. Yep. Yeah, Kiffin done a good job. Uh, Matt Corral has had a lot of injuries around him, but for the most and part, they keep all winning. over him's body too. Yeah, him too. Yeah, he hasn't <laughs> been one hundred percent either. Good point. Yeah. Uh, Michigan is staying alive in the playoff hunt. They they won twenty one to seventeen at Penn State. Got a a big touchdown at the end to retake the lead and win. Um, their pass rush was dominant seven sacks including three from Aiden Hutchinson and they are now up to nine and one and I mean at this point Jim Harbaugh I don't care if they lose to Ohio State he's I think he has saved his yeah he's safe and it is now he's it's it'll be seven years at Michigan and this is likely going to be his fifth season in seven years where they finish in the top 20. I know that's not amazing at Michigan but given what he inherited you know things could certainly be worse. Um, as for Penn State, second straight disappointing season for James Franklin. Do you guys think that makes him more or less likely to leave for a bigger job? Not a bigger job, just a, just a, a different, different job. big job. I probably actually going to say it makes him more likely. Uh, just change a tune for him, maybe. Is you know, I mean, he's not doing bad. They're six and four right now, so it's yeah. not like it's horrible. But you know, I mm-hmm. think he maybe is feeling a little bit of the heat there. Um, but I think he's still some places around the nationally are still look at him in favorable light. I think it's more likely just because he's realizing it's 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 freaking hard to, yeah. to catch Ohio State and now Michigan. Like if they were like eight and two right now, he might have incentive like, hey, we're just a player or two away. But that four losses, I mean, four out of five games, it's it's tough there, man. Yeah, the reason I ask that is because one of the places he's potentially a candidate at is LSU, but maybe now with all these losses the last couple of years, maybe LSU is looking at him saying, eh, maybe we don't want yeah. James Franklin. Well, I don't I think mean, that's, that's true. smart of them, but yeah, but it's more like he would like to get out, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right. they like him. It's a, it's a balancing act there. Yeah. Uh, all right. My turn. Yep. All right. Uh, I'm going to talk about, OU going down for the first time. Um, you know, OU they, Honestly, they they this team wasn't really deserving of being undefeated. They or at least of an undefeated season. They they just haven't been dominant um, really at all at at any point this year. Their offense really struggled in this game against Baylor. Um, just could never get a rhythm. Caleb Williams even got benched. Uh, Spencer Rattler came back in, uh, but it didn't really matter who was playing quarterback. Um, Baylor shut him down. On the flip side, though, Baylor 
they really controlled the game with their rushing attack. 47 carries for nearly 300 yards. Um, they just kept it away from OU, pounded them, and Abram Smith ran like a beast, um, and Gary Bohannon did as well. So Baylor stays alive um, in the Big 12 title race. Um, and uh, but, I mean, I kind of wish they, they, I'm sure they wish they could have a couple weeks back uh, a do over against TCU where that was a crazy game where they lost, but they're right there, man. They had that exciting field goal at the end for that potential tiebreaker. Oh, well, too. you know, <laughs> <laughs> suck it up. Adding Lincoln. some fuel to the fire there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, speaking of the big 12, uh, I got to talk about Oklahoma state. They, they just, they might've had their best performance of the year. They put up 63 points, almost 700 yards on TCU their elite defense held TCU in check because TCU had just put up big numbers against a good Baylor defense the week before. Um, but this is the Okie State offense that you know we've known historically in the past under Gundy, but not so much in the past couple of years. And overall, though, they're just Oklahoma State. And when I look at it in totality this season, they're so much better than I thought, and really everyone thought. When Spencer Sanders plays a clean game and they can get the offense to click, I mean, it's not always going to click like this, but just you know, a little above average, they really might be the best team in the big 12. Uh, You know, if they avoid, they've got a trap game at Texas tech this weekend, but Bedlam in Stillwater next week will just be absolutely lit. I really hope they win this week against tech just so that that game can have a ton on the line. I think it would anyway, even if they did loss, right? I hear you, but it would take a a little bit of lust off of it. Yeah. But, um, the, uh, point about oklahoma state being maybe the best like wouldn't you say they are probably the best if they uh, you know point spread wise wouldn't they be the best right now who's better does OU good would they be favored over oklahoma state on a neutral field it's uh it's pretty close let's a good it question way. i don't know i haven't I, uh i haven't I looked Cowboys at sp favored. plus or fpi in regards to those two but yeah they seem because what pretty OU's only even. what a four point favorite at home to iowa state right now yeah that's a good point true yeah, it would be it'd be close, but either way, it'll it'll be exciting. Uh, my final takeaway is that the odds-on favorite to be the matchup in the ACC title is Pitt against Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah, I had that. UN's, what's that? You had that? I had that. Oh wow, that would yeah. be quite a <laughs> quite a payout, I'm sure. Uh, no, Pitt beat North Carolina, exciting overtime game. Wake beat NC State, so FPI now has it as a 64 percent chance that those two meet in the ACC title. And before the year, they were both 50 to one to win the conference. Mm. And when they're giving you horrible odds on those, those long shots. So really they were probably more like a hundred to one each. Yeah. If you're looking at realistic odds to win. So pretty crazy. Very crazy. It's cool to see Honestly, I like seeing new teams win. Uh, my last one's Mike Leach, man. He's starting to figure out the old sec. Um, so they were, they played at Auburn and, uh, Auburn went up 28 to three actually in the second quarter. They were just dominating Mississippi state. But after that, the Bulldogs, they went on a 40 to nothing run and uh, ended up winning 43, 34. Will Rogers playing like one of the best quarterbacks of the nation right now. He's playing at a super high level, especially the last three weeks, 11 touchdowns and one pick completing over 80% of his passes during those three weeks. So he's just a sophomore and man, he's he's solid so leach has got his qb they're sitting at six and four four and three in the conference and three of their losses have been by a field goal or less so i mean they're kind of an unlucky six and four they could be even a better record so man leach has got it going already down there in starkville yeah they've got some good wins this year yeah 
Okay, let's uh, move on to our segment, which is another active week in the coaching carousel. Two big dominoes fell. So we'll start with Jimmy Lake out at Washington after less than two years. What are you guys' quick thoughts on on that move? Dude, he made it like how many games? Ten? Yeah, not four eight, games. Thirteen last games. Year. Thirteen games. <laughs> thirteen, thirteen games. You don't see that often, yeah, especially yeah. with the weird COVID year where they would get fired. But uh, it fact of the matter is they've they've underperformed. Uh, and then obviously this the suspension last week after swatting and shoving a player kind of really accelerated the the fan discontent and. Um, apparently there were other altercations in prior years that are leaking out. You don't know what's all true or not, but, uh, he also made a crack at Oregon's academics. Uh, he made a terrible hire, which has been documented at offensive coordinator that's hindered the offense greatly the last couple seasons. This team was just, it was way too talented coming off the, the Peterson days to be sitting at four and six right now, including a loss to an FCS school. So there's just too much noise with, with no results. Yeah, no, that was I, you got to agree with it. it. It went downhill super fast. Um, the recruiting even suffered. Um, that know, was the so one was, thing I thought was yeah. a guarantee that he would do yes. really well. Yeah, right. I mean, you thought he was the ace guy. Uh, that that would be great, but no, it's even worse. So, and then with the altercation and stuff coming out, I think it's a pretty easy choice here for you, Dub. Okay, and then the other one that uh, just came down, Justin Fuente is out at Virginia Tech. They paid an extra. 1.25 million to to do yeah. it now rather than waiting until December 15th. Of course, I'm sure they're hoping to, you know, improve early signing day with with making the move quickly. What do you guys think of of this? What do you think, Trey? I mean, it's just it's been well documented the last couple of years haven't gone as well as they thought. I mean, he started out that what that first year pretty pretty solid, first but it's just kind of been well. Yeah, it's just kind of trickled down. We know about all the uh the players that were leaving the program, the recruiting hasn't been as high as they had wanted in Blacksburg, and and it, it's been kind of slipping. Like Virginia Tech should be one of the upper echelon ACC teams, especially like take a year like this year when Clemson is kind of down. Virginia Tech would usually yeah. be a school that's right there, but they're not capitalizing. No, nah, this is an easy call for them, and they were just waiting for a to, the easy decision to come, and it's here. Yeah, he would have been fired last year if it wasn't for the uh the buyout so this was yeah. inevitable for a couple of years and yeah trey said it the, the first couple of years were so good even in recruiting and on the field it's just but everything fell apart after that so it was weird makes sense and we're gonna have uh episodes on youtube in the next couple of days where we discuss our favorite candidates for both the washington and virginia tech jobs so be sure to s- subscribe to our channel there youtube.com slash college football bros and we've got two more Huge moves, big dominoes. huge moves, yeah, big yeah. dominoes to this. Oh no, yeah, UConn, baby, UConn Huskies. They hired Jim Mora, Jr. Um, what? Are you shake your head at me, Mike? Well, is Jim? Isn't Jim Mora Jr. the dad? Am I wrong here? I'm not. I don't sure. I, don't I didn't know. think Which so. Which one's it's Jim L. Mora? <laughs> I don't know. I John L. Smith. John L. Smith. Jim Mora, the young one. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. He's he's hired at UConn which is oh. a pretty big name for UConn, man. Uh, that's, you know, I, I got to be pretty excited if I'm a Husky fan. Like, hey, I, I've heard of this guy. Um, he had a winning record in Pac-12 play when he was at UCLA. So he's had, he had some good seasons there. Um, and he was actually with the UConn program this year as like an offensive assistant or 
something like that. So he kind of knows the situation a little bit there. Um, and maybe he can pick up recruiting a little bit because he actually did. That's one of the things he did pretty solid at UCLA is he, he, he did bring in some, some good talent. So, Hey man, pretty good hire here for UConn. I agree. Yep. All right. Well, the next barn burner is Butch Davis is out at FIU. And honestly, I really thought this one would work out given his familiarity with the Miami area. And the first couple of years, he actually started out fairly yeah. well, got him yeah. three bowl games. But the last two years, they were one in 14, kind of an ugly ending, especially now that he's claiming the school was sabotaging the program, says they weren't allowed to offer assistant uh, contracts longer than a year using old uniforms and equipment, haven't been allowed to travel to recruit. So I don't know all if all of that is true, but either way, it doesn't sound Some good. Pretty big um, allegations there. Yeah. So, you know, either way, it doesn't look great for the, for the next guy at FIU mm-hmm. in, the, in the short term. Okay. Tough, tough let's, let's move on to week 12 and uh, make our lock picks. I think we're undefeated on the air, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Good. What's our, Never what's missed. our first game here, Ryan? We got a good one. We got uh, Michigan State is traveling to Columbus to play Ohio State. The Buckeyes are favored 19. Huge Big Big Ten East showdown. Yeah, obviously this game has Big Ten playoff implications, but it also could help decide who wins the Heisman. You got Stroud and Walker who are near the top there. Uh, But as far as the game itself, like I know the market doesn't necessarily – really respect Michigan State but man this seems like a lot of points um so I'm gonna be a sucker I'm gonna take the points with Sparty Ohio State there we've you talked about earlier Ryan there they've their offenses looked impressive especially last week uh but I'm just not 100% fully bought in on their defense being back and the Buckeyes they haven't been ultra consistent this season in recent weeks they were in dogfights with Penn State and Nebraska and I will say, I know it's not the best matchup for, for Sparty's defense because I know Ohio State will score on them. But given their weaknesses on the other side, even if the Buckeyes contain Walker, I think Thorne can find Reed or maybe even Naylor will be back this weekend to score enough to keep it under the 19. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Trey. I mean, Michigan State, they, they have had uh, a few starters out uh, last week. They were missing guys on both sides of the ball. So it'd be big if they can get a couple of those guys back, of course, Jalen Naylor maybe being the most important one uh but yeah I think Jaden Reed and Kenneth Walker that's that's two big enough weapons to put up some points against this Ohio State defense and and cover the 19 I don't see an upset here uh, that's not that no. bold to say but I would I would be really really surprised just because um you know Michigan State's defense they they haven't been very impressive the last few weeks their last three opponents have thrown for at least 350 yards so I think Stroud yeah, is not ideal is in for a monster game. Yep, that's true. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the Buckeyes here. Uh, just kind of similar stuff, but they just they're firing all cylinders, and I, I just don't see it. I, I don't think Sparty's going to be able to keep up with them right now. All right, moving on to a Big Twelve battle: Iowa State at Oklahoma. The Sooners are favored four. Michael, lead us off. I'm going to take Iowa State. I, I just think under Matt Campbell, it seems like whenever they lose, it is often a, a very close loss. And they've played Oklahoma just as well as about anyone the, the last few years. And if you look at the the predictive metrics for just this season, they've actually played about as well as Oklahoma, despite you know having a few more losses. Oklahoma has has won some close games against some bad teams, so they really haven't been that different this year iowa state you know of course having the the better defense 
Um, so I think they'll keep it a tight game. And we don't know if Caleb Williams is 100% with that hand injury. So I'll, I'll take the, the clones. Yeah, I've, you know, I've been kind of going up against OU a lot lately, it seems. But I'm going to take them here. Uh, Iowa State, they just lost Texas Tech. Ouch. Yeah, 62-yard field goal. We, we didn't bring that up yet. That's rough, man. That was impressive. That Texas Tech, but was they were down well. like ten in the fourth. Oh, you, oh, you demolished them the week prior. Uh, so I, I, I'm having a hard time with that. Seeing these teams is pretty much even right now. I know OU hasn't been playing great, and there's questions with Caleb Williams, but at home and they, a game where they bounce, I think they're going to bounce back after a loss at Baylor. Baylor's good at home, man. That's no, no real shame in that loss. So I just think OU will bounce back better. Just I don't know. I don't trust Iowa State right now. Was coming off of a inexplicable loss there yeah i'm taking ou as well just because i know the metrics really like iowa state but they know at this point they have four losses they've kind of underachieved uh even though i'm not confident in ou but i think the way that that game ended lincoln riley's gonna have oklahoma play with a chip on their shoulder yeah okay next up we've got wake forest at clemson clemson is favored four and a half uh, almost same similar type of thinking here for me. I've been going up against Clemson just because I don't buy them at all, but I'm going to take them here. Uh, Wake Forest. I mean, I know they've they've had a magical season here, but Clemson started to maybe started to play a little bit better offensively. Uh, it, DJ isn't exactly still lighting it up, but maybe they have a little more ground attack. Um, defense is just obviously still playing great. Um, and I think that's what's going to kind of propel them. I think they can kind of really stifle uh, Sam Hartman a little bit. Sam Hartman. A little bit issue with the completion percentage lately. Not exactly firing all cylinders in that regard. So I think Clemson may be able to take advantage, especially uh, just being a little stronger there. Yeah, but I mean, Wake Forest just did put up, what, 45 on a pretty good NC State defense. Uh, and, but I will say both teams are dealing with some injuries, uh, and even those that end up going aren't going to be 100%. Uh, I am going to take the points with Wake. Uyunglele, he was... His mobility was limiting him a little bit last week. He had the PCL sprain the week before. We'll see if that's hindering him here. Justin Ross is out for this game. Um, obviously, like you said, Ryan, like Clemson's defense does pose a problem. I'm not not discounting that. Uh, but And I know Clemson has the, the talent edge across the board, but I think Wake can put up enough points to at least keep it close. Yeah, I, I side more with, with Trey here. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Wake Forest. I'm just not sure. Clemson is, you know, both healthy enough and just good enough on offense to fully take advantage of, of Wake's defense. But I will say, weirdly, Clemson still has a chance to win the Atlantic. They they need some help, but they've they've got something to play for here. FPI has them at a ten percent chance to to win the division, so it's not over. Yeah. yeah. All right, here moving on to our next game, we got Arkansas at Alabama. Uh, Crimson Tide are favored twenty one. What do you think, Trey? I'm going to take the points with the Razorbacks. Uh, I think Arkansas is looking at this game as one where they have nothing to lose. They're bowl eligible. They know they really won't be impacted by losing this game. But the challenge for them is the matchup because Arkansas likes to run the ball and Alabama's strength is that run defense. We know those bodies up front and then linebackers like Will Anderson. I'm just, but I'm more of just a fan of how Arkansas has proven this year to play in shootouts like that Ole Miss game or kind of low-scoring rock fights like last week's win at LSU. I know, like, the Tide have too many weapons, and similar to you with Michigan State earlier, Michael, I don't see an upset, but I think Arkansas can stay within the three scores. Okay, I'll go the other way. I'll I'll take Alabama just because Arkansas, like you said, coming off of a a hard-fought overtime win against LSU, Bama is 
pretty much coming off of a bye playing New Mexico State <laughs> last week. Sorry, sorry, Aggies. Um, well, ooh, they, they got revenge against the Aggies, I guess. But, yeah. um, wow. you know, they they had been blowing everyone out at home Alabama had until that LSU game. I'm, I'm not going to let that kind of one game think make me think they're too vulnerable at home. So I think Bryce Young has, has another big game and stays neck and neck with whoever the winner of that Michigan State-Ohio State game is yeah. as far as the, the Heisman uh, campaign. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to go with Trey here. I'm going to take Arkansas. I think that's quite a few points to be given up here. And uh, Arkansas has been playing pretty, pretty well lately. I mean, they know they had a, the, they've had like three wins in a row and they won at, or I'm sorry, they beat Mississippi State a couple weeks back. Then obviously at LSU. I mean, they're playing pretty solid. They had a, a little bit of a midseason lull where they lost three in a row, but they, um, I felt like at that point they had some injuries. KJ Jefferson was a little hobbled up. I think they're getting a little bit stronger there a little bit healthier they're playing well i'm gonna take them okay moving on to a big game for cincinnati smu is going to cincinnati and the bearcats are giving 11 and a half michael you lead us i think smu is is going to put up enough points to cover here they they their offense is very good they put up 37 at houston a few weeks ago and houston's defense is almost as good as, as cincinnati so I think that means something. They're getting, well, Ulysses Bentley has kind of been playing through an ankle sprain. He seems to be as healthy as he's been uh, in quite a while. So I like that. They've got depth in the receiving core, uh, which you need going up against some a really good secondary. And Cincinnati has been struggling with worse teams than SMU. So I'm not sure if they can just flip on the switch and, and start dominating. So I'm going to make SMU plus 11 and a half my lock of the week. Yeah, I I'm in the same boat, Mike. I really like uh, SMU here as well. You kind of said it. Cincinnati is not dominating anybody. I mean, they had they they gave up 28 last week uh, at South Florida. Um, they were in a dogfight, of course, to to Tulsa uh, the week before that, and Navy almost got them. I mean, this is just not a team that's dominating right now. And SMU, I mean, outside of Notre Dame, it's the best team they've played. So I, you know, I'm just not seeing where you know this is going to be that big of a spread. SMU is going to move the ball. No doubt about it. Tanner Mordecai is a stud playing really well this year. So, yeah, I mean, I got to go with SMU here. I'm going to make that my lock as well. Double wow. lock, man. Let's Double do lock. a triple. Let's do I'm, a triple. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not bold. I'm not going to triple oh, it. Our but last I am gonna triple take, lock. I am. Oh, sorry. Our, our <laughs> last triple lock was, uh, was UCLA. LSU. Or yeah. UCLA against LSU. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we hit that um, I'm going to take the points, though, with the ponies, just like you guys. Uh, Mordecai can light the score, scoreboard up, and at the very least, uh, they have a good enough offense to at least give them a shot at a backdoor cover if necessary. All right. Well, when that loses, it's Trey's fault for not locking it up. <laughs> Oregon at Utah. Big game in the Pac-12. Oregon looking to stay alive in the playoff hunt. Utah is favored three, though. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, Utah is a... Uh... They know how to beat Oregon in Salt Lake City. Uh, they've certainly done it before. I think they're going to do it again here. I like Utah. They're 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 just a totally different team. I feel like when they're playing in front of their own crowd, Oregon's been playing solid, no doubt about it. Uh, Travis Dye has been carrying that team uh, on offense, but Utah. Uh, I just feel like when with when they have that home environment, their running game's been good. Cameron Rising's just sparked that offense a little bit. Their defense is still playing really really well as as usual. I'm um, just not seeing. Oregon going in there uh, when it's a huge game uh, and pulling it off. Utah, baby. Go Utes. 
Yeah, it's probably a preview of the Pac-12 title too. I'm also going to lean with with the Utes at home because uh, a lot of people I think are going to look at that the little number three ranking next to the Ducks and and back them here as the underdog. But I'm leaning more on the eye test for me. Uh, the Ducks just haven't really run away from some of the inferior Pac-12 foes in recent weeks. And Ryan, you said since Rising's been in, the Utes have looked pretty much like a different team. And I also like how Tavion Thomas and TJ TJ Pleather Pledger have run the ball in recent weeks. That defense at home could stymie Anthony Brown. Um, there is one thing to watch, though. I'll say Utah could be down a couple offensive linemen that they left injured last game. So if they're out, that could be a factor. But it, I still like the Utes overall. I'm with you guys. I like Utah. But I wanted to bring up, I read a post on RCFB a few days ago that discussed the fact that Utah's chances of going to the Rose Bowl likely significantly decrease if they beat Oregon here. Because... If they lose to they or- have to play them again, well, they're going to have to play them again. But if they lose yeah. to them here, um, then they might be in the Rose Bowl, win or lose in the Pac-12 title. Because if Oregon beats them in the Pac-12 title, then Oregon goes to the playoff, and that oh. leaves Utah in the Rose Bowl. So if Utah wins this one, they probably need the win in the uh, Pac-12 oh, title to get to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Anyway, so maybe they should just throw the game. <laughs> that's what i'm saying if they lose at yeah. least claim you through it if you're a fan we just wanted to make the rose bowl yeah they got colorado next so that's pretty good uh chance for a win mm-hmm. okay let's uh get to the honorable mentions ryan all right first game i got uab at utsa uh utsa is favored four and a half huge game in the the west division of conference usa if utsa wins they win the division and they're in if UAB wins, all they'd have to do is beat UTEP the, the week after, and then they'd be in. But, I mean, UTEP's a good team, so that wouldn't be a surefire thing. But So, anyways, I'm going to take the Roadrunners in this one. I think uh, a little bit of a lackluster performance from them last week against Southern Miss, which it's okay. You know, still won. A little bit maybe a little bit more of a wake-up call. They're 10-0. They need a little wake-up call. So, I think they're going to bounce back in a big way. Sincere McCormick's going to have a big day on the ground. I uh, got next game baylor's favored one uh at kansas state underrated job by chris by chris Kleiman um at k-state right now they're sitting at seven and three quietly um and i'm gonna take them here uh baylor's two losses this year both came on the road struggled at texas state even on the road too just not the same team away from waco um k-state playing well skylar thompson at qb leading the way uh deuce vaughn great running back taking the cats at home uh, finally, I got Arizona State. They're favored three on the road at Oregon State. Beavers are 5-0 and at home this year, including a great win over Utah. Um, Arizona State quarterback Jaden Daniels, he's kind of having a disappointing year. Um, he's eight touchdowns, eight picks. And in the last two weeks, he's averaging just passing over 100 yards per game. So they're not firing on all cylinders offensively. I'm going to take the Beavers at home. Okay, my first game, Virginia Tech at Miami. Hurricanes favored seven and a half, and Miami fired their athletic director this past week, so Manny Diaz can't feel too comfortable with with his job. Uh, They just had a a tough loss against Florida State, but I do overall like the way they've been playing the last several weeks, the way Tyler Van Dyke has been playing since he's uh, started at quarterback, so I'll pick them to cover against a Virginia Tech team in transition. Michigan, minus 14 and a half at Maryland. This is a game, sorry Maryland, that I am I'm rooting for Michigan to win just so we potentially have a, a great matchup between Michigan and Ohio State, I believe the following week. Um, Maryland has lost five of six, 
all of them by double digits. Tungavaloa has been taking a lot of sacks in Big Ten play, so I think Michigan's uh, defensive front will, will get after him and get an easy win and cover. And then finally, Oklahoma State minus 10.5 at Texas Tech. We brought up the Red Raiders' amazing win on a 62-yard field goal against Iowa State. Uh, Donovan Smith, the redshirt freshman, dual-threat quarterback that's been inserted, has been doing really well. So Going uh, bowling. Yep, and I'm, I'm sure he's going to struggle against a you know the best defense in the Big 12, but I think he'll do enough to, to get the cover. All right, I got Virginia at Pitt. Pitt has favored 14.5. This spread indicates to me that Brennan Armstrong might be out again after missing last week's game against Notre Dame. He could play, but I'm not going to back a team without him after seeing them put up only three points last week, especially against a team with an explosive offense led by Kenny Pickett. Pitt can clinch the Coastal, so they'll be all in here. I'll take the Panthers. Nebraska at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's favorite nine and a half. This one's difficult just because no one really knows what the Huskers will look like after they fired multiple coaches over the bye week. Don't know the team's mindset. The offense will still uh, suck. With no (laughs) no bull aspirations there. Uh, The Huskers, we know, they've been very competitive in every game. But uh, but the Badgers are really finding their stride right now and just putting it to teams. Huskers haven't had much luck in Madison, so I'm going to roll with the hot Badgers, and I hate to do it, but I'm going to make them my lock of the Oof. week. No JoJo Doman. Louisiana at Liberty. Liberty's favored four and a half. Fun late-season non-conference game. Uh, I'm going to take Liberty at home. Uh, they had a bye week, and Louisiana might be more focused on winning the league as opposed to going all out in this game. We know about Malik Willis, but Liberty's defense has been pretty stout. Only gave up 27 to Ole Miss. I think the Flames are a little bit better overall here. All right, let's uh, close out this episode with a questionable finish. Jim Harbaugh's pants got burned by a space heater during the Penn State game. Name another memorable sports coach or player wardrobe malfunction. Um, I'm going to say the about five years ago uh, chris jones at the 2016 nfl combine oh god um, <laughs> oh, yeah he was running the okay. 40 and uh <laughs> well yeah some stuff just started showing that shouldn't have so all right i'll go a little bit tamer than that with uh <laughs> joe burrow's butt against mississippi state i don't know if that's really much tamer it's a little tamer <laughs> yeah well there's another but I remember an NFL game a few years back where Devin Hester had his pants pulled down and yeah, moon in the world. You there know. you go. Southern Miss has used 10 different quarterbacks this season, the most in FBS. Name a statistical category that a team could lead, which isn't inherently bad, but is probably a sign your team is not having a great year. I'm going to say most field goal attempts in the nation. Probably have, you know, a good enough offense to get in range, but probably horrendous in the red zone. Yeah, that's a good point. I would like to see the teams that are at top of that. Uh, mine is is not as bad as, you know, probably the, the 10 quarterback stat. But in general, if, if a defensive back is leading your team in tackles. Oh, that was mine. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah. That's interesting because yeah. I looked at the kind of teams. There was an exception, I think, Michigan State. But uh, in general, not great if, if yeah, if a DB Iowa State, right? Maybe Greg Eisworth usually had a lot of tackles, but he kind of played near the scrimmage a lot. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that was interesting. I had another backup just in case. But um, I, I said if you lead the, like, the nation in like kickoff return yards, 
you know, because you're just constantly getting scored on. Yeah. Like, on your break, so I was like, well, getting scored on so much. All right, let's get to our upset specials. I am going to take Nebraska. Okay, Trey? I'm going against your lock. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Nebraska's got the defense to to be able to shut down Wisconsin's offense. You know they can keep it a a low-scoring game. And the biggest factor of all, I think neither of you are, are thinking about this, Ryan, especially you as you're shaking your head. Nebraska maybe has the highest do factor in all of sports. We're <laughs> yes, due. They do. We're yeah, due. I would, I would agree there. Come on. We just <laughs> can't argue that. Keeping frost. Like, we need one good thing that a, the there, basketball is team due, sucks. Is do factored yeah, into it, metrics? Is that how is that it how It should works? be. It's I don't think happen. SP Plus takes that into account, but that's, yeah, that's why it sucks, happen. right? <laughs> All right. I'm also going to stay in the Big Ten. I'm going to say Rutgers. They're getting 17 and a half at Penn State. Mm. Rutgers, they haven't been like all that. that great this season, but they had the blowout win at Indiana last week. They need only one more win to get bowl eligible. Penn State, they got nothing to play for right now. This game is at noon Eastern. Don't see much juice in the stadium for this one. I'll go with Rutgers. I like it. I like that. I like That's that. a good one. All right, I'm taking UNLV. They're 11-point dogs at home to the Aztecs, San Diego State. Uh, UNLV's won two in a row. They beat Hawaii. They beat New Mexico, each by a couple of touchdowns. They're playing much better. Um, and the Aztecs, I mean, they're always playing in close games because their offense is so lackluster. So I think the Rebels have a, a pretty good shot with a pretty solid ground game. All right, thanks for listening to the College Football Bros. Again, subscribe to our YouTube channel for our top candidates at Washington and Virginia Tech. That, those will be coming out in the next couple days. Other than that, we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.